don't attempt to understand the modern poem. Listen to it. This is Interesting People Reading Poetry. And it should be heard. A show where artists and luminaries read a favorite poem and share what it means to them. <laughs> I'm Brendan Starmer. In other words, if it ain't a pleasure, it ain't a poem. In this episode, journalist Alyssa Rubin reads an excerpt from the ancient Greek epic, The Iliad. Rubin is a senior international correspondent for The New York Times. She worked previously as the bureau chief in Baghdad, Paris, and Kabul. In 2016, she was awarded the Pulitzer Prize in International Reporting for, quote, thoroughly reported and movingly written accounts giving voice to Afghan women who were forced to endure unspeakable cruelties. The passage that Rubin selected is from the very last book of the Iliad and portrays an encounter between the Trojan king Priam and the Greek warrior Achilles. If you're unfamiliar with the story, all you really need to know for our purposes is that Priam's son killed Achilles' best friend in combat, and Achilles then killed Priam's son in retribution. At the point where we meet them, Achilles has been dragging the body of his slain enemy behind his chariot for 12 days, and Priam has come in person to the enemy encampment to plead for the return of his son's body. Authorship of the Iliad is a subject of ongoing scholarly debate, but the work is traditionally attributed to Homer, believed to have lived in the 8th century BC. I'm Alyssa Johansson Rubin, and I'm a correspondent for the New York Times. I'm a senior writer, and I currently cover climate and conflict in the Middle East. This excerpt is from Book 24 from Homer's Iliad, and it's the translation by Robert Fagels. Priam prayed his heart out to Achilles. Remember your own father, great godlike Achilles, as old as I am, past the threshold of deadly old age. No doubt the countrymen round about him plague him now, with no one there to defend him, beat away disaster. No one, but at least he hears you're still alive, and his old heart rejoices hopes rising day by day to see his beloved son come sailing home from Troy. But I, dear God, my life so cursed by fate, I fathered heroes' sons in the wide realm of Troy, and now not a single one is left. I tell you, fifty sons I had when the sons of Achaea came, nineteen born to me from a single mother's womb, and the rest by other women in the palace. Many, most of them, violent Ares, cut the knees from under. But one, one was left to me, to guard my walls, my people. The one you killed the other day, defending his fatherland, my Hector. It's all for him I've come to the ships now, to win him back from you. I bring a priceless ransom. Revere the gods, Achilles. Pity me in my own right. Remember your own father. I deserve more pity. I have endured what no man on earth has ever done before. I put to my lips the hands of the man who killed my son. Those words stirred within Achilles a deep desire to grieve for his own father. Taking the old man's hand, he gently moved him back. 
and overpowered by memory, both men gave way to grief. Priam wept freely for man-killing Hector, throbbing, crouching before Achilles' feet, as Achilles wept himself, now for his own father, now for Patroclus once again, and their sobbing rose and fell through the house. Then, when brilliant Achilles had had his fill of tears and the longing for it had left his mind and body, he rose from his seat, raised the old man by the hand, and filled with pity now for his gray head and gray beard, he spoke out winging words, flying straight to the heart. Poor man, how much you've borne, pain to break the spirit. What daring brought you down to the ships all alone to face the glance of the man who killed your sons, so many fine brave boys? You have a heart of iron. Come, please sit down on this chair here. Let us put our griefs to rest in our own hearts. Rake them up no more, raw as we are with mourning. What's good to be won from tears that chill the spirit? So the immortals spun our lives, that we, we wretched men, live on to bear such torments. The gods live free of sorrows. I first read the Iliad quite late in life. I had read the Odyssey in in sixth grade or whenever it was first given to me in school, but I'd never had much interest in the Iliad. It was about war. I thought it was about battles. And when I returned to Iraq for the second long stint I was going to do there, uh, working for the New York Times as a correspondent, I decided I needed to learn more about war. And my father, who was someone I talked to a lot and who I knew was was deeply read, um, I said, well, so what should I read? And I listed a couple of classic books I'd read. And he said, well, you know, what about the Iliad? It's it's kind of where where all the, the great sort of sagas of war start in, in Western literature. And I said, oh, I do not want to read the Iliad. It's just battles, battles, battles. He said, well, have you read it? And I, I confessed I had not. And he said, well, I'd be happy to read it again with you. It's it's a lot more than that. And so we started to read it to, sort of together. I was in Iraq and he was in New York. And 
we didn't read it exactly in tandem, but I would read parts of it and then we would talk about bits and pieces on the phone or on the sat phone. And over the course of the two years that I was reading it, my father died. And I had not finished the Iliad. Um, And for a long time, I wasn't able to finish it. And eventually, I came across a book about the last chapter of the Iliad, about Priam's journey to see Achilles. And I went back and, and read the last, it was roughly the last six books that I hadn't read. And I really rediscovered it in that time. And it became really a touchstone for me for the next, you know, up to, to today. And I go back to it and not just to the ending, but to many parts of it, because I think it has so much to say that is pertinent to war and to the experience of war today. I fathered heroes' sons in the wide realm of Troy, and now not a single one is left. I tell you, 50 sons I had when the sons of Achaea came, 19 born to me from a single mother's womb, and the rest by other women in the palace. Many, most of them, violet Ares, cut the knees from under. But one, one was left to me, to guard my walls, my people, the one you killed the other day, defending his fatherland my Hector. I think for me what was so penetrating about this passage, and it goes on, I'm sorry, I, there's not time to share the entire uh, section. It's, it's, it's hundreds and hundreds of lines, but it, it, it continues in, in a very profound way, and, and the very ending of it is where... Um, Achilles agrees to wait to attack Troy until Priam has been able to take back the body of Hector and do proper funeral rites. And that is going to take 12 days. Um, And that's an enormous um, gift that Achilles is able to give Priam. And I've felt like it's one of the epiphanies that actually seeing one's own grief reflected back to oneself in another person, which is what happens when he is sees Hector's father before him, thinks and is, is asked to think about his own father, he begins to recognize that his grief is a, a shared element of humanity and that everyone faces this, or not everyone, but certainly he is not alone, um, even though each each particular grief is, of course, individual. And that allows him finally to let go of some of the violence and to, to somehow move forward and become really the larger person that's beneath. And for me, my, my father was a psychiatrist and a, a psychoanalyst, and he had great faith that people could find their way through these thickets of of pain that uh, and fury and and destructiveness often self-destructiveness as well as destructiveness that hurt other people through through a process of of listening and seeing and um, reflecting and so I think this passage 
to some extent shows that in a far more poetic way, but in a very distant time, which suggests some of the the arc of the way that the past is connected to the present. This excerpt is from book 24 uh, from Homer's Iliad, and it's the translation by Robert Fagels. Priam prayed his heart out to Achilles. Remember your own father, great godlike Achilles, as old as I am, past the threshold of deadly old age. No doubt the countrymen round about him plague him now, with no one there to defend him, beat away disaster. No one, but at least he hears you're still alive and his old heart rejoices, hopes rising day by day to see his beloved son come sailing home from Troy. But I, dear God, my life so cursed by fate, I fathered hero sons in the wide realm of Troy, and now not a single one is left. I tell you, 50 sons I had when the sons of Achaea came, 19 born to me from a single mother's womb, and the rest by other women in the palace. Many, most of them, violent Ares cut the knees from under, but one, one was left to me to guard my walls, my people, the one you killed the other day, defending his fatherland my Hector. It's all for him I've come to the ships now, to win him back from you. I bring a priceless ransom. Revere the gods, Achilles. Pity me in my own right. Remember your own father. I deserve more pity. I have endured what no man on earth has ever done before. I put to my lips the hands of the man who killed my son. Those words stirred within Achilles a deep desire to grieve for his own father. Taking the old man's hand, he gently moved him back, and overpowered by memory, both men gave way to grief. Priam wept freely for man-killing Hector, throbbing, crouching before Achilles' feet, as Achilles wept himself, now for his own father, now for Patroclus once again, and their sobbing rose and fell throughout the house. Then, when brilliant Achilles had had his fill of tears and the longing for it had left his mind and body, he rose from his seat, raised the old man by the hand, and filled with pity now for his gray head and gray beard, he spoke out winging words flying straight to the heart. Poor man how much you've borne, pain to break the spirit. What daring brought you down to the ships all alone to face the glance of the man who killed your sons, so many fine, brave boys? You have a heart of iron. Come, please, sit down on this chair here. Let us put our griefs to rest in our own hearts. Rake them up no more, raw as we are with mourning. What good's to be won from tears that chill the spirit? So the immortals spun our lives that we, we wretched men, live on to bear such torments. The gods live free of sorrows. 
The Iliad by Homer, translated by Robert Fagels, is published by Penguin Random House. Find a link to the book and a link to Alyssa Rubin's latest reporting for the New York Times at interestingpeoplereadingpoetry.com. Interesting People Reading Poetry is an independent podcast created by me and my brother, Andy Sturmer, who composes all of our music. If you like the show, help us out by subscribing on Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher, and leaving a review. We feature one short listener poem at the end of every episode. To submit, call the Haiku Hotline at 612-440-0643 and read your poem after the beep. For the occasional prompt, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Haiku Hotline. Thanks so much for listening. This is a poem I wrote. I'm a nurse at Regions Hospital, sitting in my break room, watching a young man um, and friends and family mourning the death of a 20-year-old who had just been killed by gun violence. English, expelled so violently from violence, causing convulsions of grief, debilitating gasps for air, unable to breathe from the weight of it all, like a foie gras forcefully fed into the mouths of babes, force-fed, the mixture engulfs, hardens, making the body stiffen, feel cold and flexible. But within that stone still lies the blood of which we all bleed, the same color, which one day may be able to warm, soften, and shatter, like a landslide, rush, shatter, and bring forth an avalanche of peace and love.